Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. Welcome back to round two of, uh, this is our first two-part interview, People of Packaging podcast. We've got Daryl Job and Ted Tate and myself, um, and uh, the, the, we'd only planned on one episode, and Daryl, your story was just, it, it's so compelling. Uh, you know, Ted really summed it up well when, on our pre-call, which was, you know, you, you have a story about how packaging uh, combined with, you know, desire and will and a good work ethic, it wasn't just packaging, but, you know, how packaging really changed your life, and I think that's going to, it's going to resonate with a lot of people. And so for episode two, uh, we're going to pivot from not just how did packaging change your life, but how you're kind of returning the favor and how what you're doing at Veracool is now changing packaging. So, um, you know, kind of, uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not yin yang, but uh, you reap what you sow, I guess. Like packaging has reaped this uh, and now, now you're sowing it back into the industry. So that's pretty cool. Um, and Ted, as, as we get a little bit more, you know, digging into, um, to what they're doing at Veracool with, with Daryl, you know, since you have the, the engineering background, uh, I thought we could start off with, uh, some questions that you have about, about Veracool and the technology and how they're disrupting stuff. So go ahead. Okay. So, I mean, the main thing is, uh, what you have going on there, Daryl at Veracool is very cool. Um, I wanted to make sure that our listeners and, and viewers um, are, are clear on what's going on. So, yeah, definitely your personal story is intriguing, but um, I think what, what you're doing uh, business-wise is also intriguing. So, um, <clears throat> we talked about some of your history in getting into packaging. Can we start from where you transition from uh, working in packaging to starting a company? Yeah. Well, it takes me back. It, it, it seems like it's so long ago, but it was, it was, it was only what, five years ago, four and a half years ago. So I, I had been working for um, a Northern California distributor doing really well. And I was 35 at the time. And, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I got to figure out my retirement plan. You know, I, I'm doing well financially, but it's still not enough. You know, let me, let me look into the future. And if I continue growing at this pace, I can really be uh, supportive to this company. And uh, I looked at the ownership of the company and said, hey, it, it might make sense for me to buy a piece of the company and use some of the pro proceeds that I have now because it's packaging. It's here now, but it might be, it might be gone the next day, depending on what the customer chooses um, and utilize that to uh, start working on my retirement. I was real close and I'm still real close with uh, one of the owners, owner's son, <clears throat> and um, proposed to him like, you know, maybe I should take a portion of my uh, my commissions and, you know, monthly start buying a portion portion of the company. So as they transition out, he's about 15 years older than I am. And his mother is about 15, you know, 20 years older than he is. And she was at the tail end of her retirement, you know, stepping into retirement. Um, it would make sense. And uh, we were a woman-owned company, primarily woman-owned company at the time. And uh, based upon the percentages, it would take away the minority status of the company. So he knew I was, um, I was really focused on thermal packaging and I had a knack for it. And he knew I had been working on some environmentally friendly products. So he's like, Daryl, it's not going to work here. 
why don't you take some of that green stuff and, you know, create your own and I'll give you a portion of the warehouse. I'll give you like a hundred square feet and you could start assembling boxes and so on. And, you know, I felt like a dagger just hit me in my heart. I'm like, Oh, that just hurt. You know, <clears throat> cause I was looking at if I take ownership of this company, when I own it completely, I could turn it into a nonprofit and uh, focus on uh, hiring felons and those and just really targeting specific accounts and who wouldn't want to be able to, who wouldn't want to be a part of that and to be able to support a company that's just, it's not about me. It's uh, it's about giving back to the community and really trying to help those in need. And uh, it's a true nonprofit. You don't really see too many nonprofits in, in packaging. You know, everybody's there for the, for, for the, for the, for the revenue stream. And um, when he came back, it hurt. <clears throat> I took a couple of weeks, thought about it. And I came back to him and said, Hey, I'm going to take you up on that offer, but I'm going to build a global company. And he started laughing. He's like, oh, here we go, Daryl, going cuckoo again. Mr. Salesman thinking all this crazy stuff. <clears throat> and uh, I really thought about it. And I was like, it's the perfect time. You know, I looked at EPS, looked at styrofoam. I looked at plastic petroleum-based products. Bands were being established everywhere. And I'm like, man, I got a great solution. It's cost-effective. I can make this thing go, especially in the medical space. Didn't even, I, I never had worked about food packaging. To me, food packaging is low volume. I mean, high volume, low margin. You're going to kill yourself trying to do it. Uh, the medical space is where I wanted. You felt valued there. And as uh, I started, you know, thinking about this path, uh, I started thinking about a name, went to some friends of mine in the industry that I had met and said, hey, I need some help, man. You know, I, I want to do this. I'm looking at this design. Can you help me out with some renderings? They're like, Daryl, what are you going to call your company? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I want something that's cool. Oh, Daryl, you got something right there. You know, and uh, he's like, you know, and I'm talking to them about, you know, what the company is going to stand for, what we're going to do, the environment. And um, he was just like, let's get creative. Let's, let's, let's create a meaning that is going to mean something and be very powerful. Let's talk about the company, but also have a great meaning behind it. And as we were looking, you know, cool was the basis because, of course, it's thermal packaging. What are we going to put in front of that? And then we thought of verde, you know, you know, very, you know, because green, you know, it's a green uh, product line. And uh, someone said, verde, you know, very cool. And I was like, oh, I almost had a heart attack. Everybody's flipping out, throwing chairs and all this. Oh, we got it. It's awesome. And then you're sitting there thinking green, you know, very, and then cool blue. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I still got a picture of that. And um, the first time very cool was written on a board. So that was pretty awesome. And then. Hey, real What's quick, it? can I tell can I tell you a really bad story? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and uh, sorry, I, Ted, I want you to ask more questions, but this is a terrible story. So, I started a church once, and I was so stoked because I came up with a name, and the name uh, was a combination of the word grace in Greek, which is charis, and then yeah. zeo, which is life, and it was kari zeo, and I was so stoked, and I like just did it all, like filed everything, ready to go, and then somebody was like, "Why'd you name your church after a Mexican sausage dish?" And I was like, what? They're like, why is it, why is it the chorizo church? And I was like, ah, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't quite get off the ground. <laughs> you did a, you did a lot better than I did. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. good. Anyway, you were zoned out. You didn't even see it. <laughs> I didn't. I was so focused. We're going to combine grace and truth and you know, all this stuff. And oh man, I was so, I was in it and nobody, the sausage. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, I just had a little bit of, I just had a moment there when you were talking about naming and you combine these words. I was like, I remember when I did that, it did not, it's worked out way better for you. Did not. Yeah, I did it. I, I did it for one of my kids. My kids, I put a company together and I called it Kadach. And they're like, what is a Kadach? And I was like, it's K-A for Catalina, D-A for Daryl, C-H for, you know, like, you know, it was just on and on. And they were like, okay. <laughs> just That's take awesome. your win. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Uh, so you ended up taking your your former employer's uh, offer for the for the warehouse space. Yeah, we we didn't ever, we didn't even end up going there. It was just more or less like, hey, I was that was the number one sales rep at the time at the company, and um, just lost just was dethroned about a year ago. So that hurts. But anyways, I, I haven't been there to fight you know for the past five years, so it was it was it was bound to happen. But. I didn't take him up on that, but just said, hey, you know, I want to run this with you. I'm just grateful and, you know, and humble that you would give me this opportunity knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, your, I'm, your, I'm the hater on the team and <clears throat> just really felt humbled. So I said, you know what, what I want to do is let me step away a little bit and uh, maybe you can help me and we could put something together. You know, I'll give him a portion of the company. I'll take 75%. We worked out a deal, shook hands and, it, 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 you know, the rest was history. I say about a month later. Uh, I was at the packaging expo in 2015 with a bunch of line cards. We created line cards. We didn't have a booth. We didn't have nothing. We just wanted to see if we were going to get some traction. EPS was a thing out there in the market. And I brought a couple of friends of mine and uh, we started passing them out and everybody's going crazy. Like, Oh my God, what is this? Where are we? Where can we find them? And there were just digital renderings of what it would look like possibly. And uh, when I came back, I was like, we got something, we got something big. And then I'm thinking I'm going to fund it by myself. I'm thinking, oh, I'm doing good. I'm making some decent money. I'm not understanding the, the realities of uh, a startup and what's going to, you know, what's, what's, what's going to be needed. I'm thinking, oh, 20, 30,000, we get a little robot, we get a little machine here, da, 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 da. And uh, as I started digging deeper, I realized that I needed more. And there was a gentleman that I had just met in, um, in Guatemala. His name is Butch Wilson. We were out in Guatemala on a mission trip and it changed my life. And it just really made me just look at the world completely different. You know, we were in rural places and villages where there was no running water. There was outhouse for the village. You know, you, you know, you had disinfectant. You're talking about having masks and covering yourself up because of germs. You know, that that's what we were doing back then. And then you see the need of the, the, the poor. And I remember coming home. It just really shocked my system and I remember coming home and you know I had two hot rods in the car in the garage had season tickets to the new Niner Stadium went inside I'm a boxing fan I love the box and had a bunch of memorabilia on the wall I'm like oh how can I have a five thousand dollar picture of Muhammad Ali with the Beatles when I just came from a place where kids are starving like what Daryl why are you living this way you're living it because you care what people think no matter how how you spin it, you're living your life so someone could walk in your home and be like, ooh, oh, that's nice. Or you have that car so someone could just, ooh, look at that. Look how cool he is. And then I'm like, at the sacrifice of not helping your fellow brother, someone in need. And then I remember Butch hit me up with um, Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much is required. I sold everything. I was done. I was like, I'm done. I don't want none of this. I can't have it. it just doesn't make any sense. It's not going to bring me the thrill. I'm chasing up and whoring up these, these materialistic things for, for what? Just, uh, but is that, is that provided the uh, finances you need? 
Yeah. For so, well, what happened was when I, you know, in doing so, um, Butch came back and he says, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to give you, I want to give you a half a million dollars. And I'm like, what, for what? And he's like, this company you're talking about. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's my company. I said, I'm not giving this to no one. And he's like, well, Daryl, how are you going to fund it? I was like, I'm going to do so. And he was just like, well, just take up the offer. I'll give you 10%. I mean, just give me 20% for a half a million. I'm like, no, this is going to be a you know, $100 million, $200, $300 million company. And he's like, all you got is a brochure. You know, how, how does that, you know, how does that correlate? What's going on here? I came back to him and I said, hey, I, I'll do it for 10, 10%. And, um, you know, he ended up agreeing to it, but we made a pact. Whatever I, whatever I make on my side and whatever he makes on his side goes back to our mission organization, 50%. Flat. And I was like, okay, if you do that, I'll, I'll do it for 10%. So um, that was the first investment. Then another friend of mine who I had um, a, a group with on Saturdays uh, out of ministry group, father ministry, he had always heard me talking about packaging. And he's like, hey, I got 200,000. I'm like, no, stop. Everybody stop giving me your money. I don't want your money. And about six months later, I was like, hey, we need more money. <laughs> this, this machine just costs us 150,000. I got to pay this guy. I didn't pay myself for the first year and a half. <clears throat> so I don't think I paid myself until we had the first um, uh, sophisticated investor come on board. And I was like, hey, we, we raised enough. I can start taking something. I had been living off my residuals. And um, you know, we just started the process, you know, and, and moving forward. Okay. So the company started based on a new technology or you started it uh, using traditional materials. Like, traditional materials, definitely traditional materials. The unique advantage that I had other than EPS manufacturers and cold chain thermal manufacturers working with polyurethane, I was a distributor rep. So I've mm -hmm. seen everything from kingdom come in packaging. You're talking pulp. I've seen starch. I've seen papers. I've seen liners. I've seen compostable films. I've seen it all. So when I actually started taking a step back and looking at thermal packaging, my brain is just creating, like I'm just getting, you know, my juices are flowing. My juices started flowing as I talked to you guys before. I was relying on other engineers to develop my packaging and they were they were making mistakes. So I, my creative juices started telling myself like, hey, you could do this on your own. I trusted myself more, even though I didn't have the educational background. You know, I wasn't mm -hmm. able to pull up a CADWorks or SOLIDWORKS and so on and, and, and create my own designs. But um, when I started looking at packaging for thermal properties, I looked at all solutions, not what was just there not grandfather product lines or material bases. And that's what sort of set me apart from everyone else. I think the only thing that was in the market at that time um, was insulation fiber, you know, that was being used for actual insulation, uh, like the denims, you know, that they, they came out because of the meal kits. And I was, I wasn't not, I wasn't privileged to know much about the food industry. So I didn't know about that material. And there was some starch material that was in the market, but it wasn't being used for insulation. It was more for, uh, cushioning and blocking and bracing and so on so yeah i just started infusing as much as i knew to see what i can get creative with okay and not to get into proprietary information but um what did you come up with are you able to speak about that yeah so the first product that we came out with was a gentleman i, I like to i don't want to claim claim it because it's he ended up putting a patent on it a uh, good friend of mine, real close friend. He's an old timer. He's about 75, 76 years old uh, out of Southern California, H.D. Carey. His name is uh, Gary Lance. And he was working on um, environmentally friendly uh, solutions with uh, starch peanuts. 
And uh, we were using my customers to demo, like, hey, is this going to work? Because I had a ton of medical co uh, companies and so on. The thermal properties were great, uh, but it wasn't cost effective to manufacture. So we sort of shelved it. Three years later, we came back up with something else. And then I started helping them create uh, a more efficient design for manufacturing that's cost effective. And uh, he put a patent on it. And uh, he had some old patents that he has for other types of materials and, and something close to that. And then uh, I used that to launch and uh, worked on a licensing agreement with him and uh, ran with it. But it was shortly after that, I realized that, that I knew it wasn't the product to go with, but it was a product to test the market. Everyone said that the environmental space wasn't ready for what we were about to do. I felt it was, uh, but everybody kept on pushing cost, cost, cost. Medical companies and healthcare companies started creating these uh, sustainability initiatives within their uh, corporations mm -hmm. to really start looking at uh, petroleum-based products, pollution, uh, carbon footprint. How do we start minimizing our usage of some of these products? And there was really nothing out there. And uh, as I started developing, my main solution was I want a molded cooler, not something that's compressed, that has that's utilizing corrugated. I want something solid and molded because that's what I see when I see an EPS cooler. I want the same mindset. You know, you got to look at the people don't like change, especially engineers. Engineers are like, no, this is status quo. This is what we're using. We're, we're based in the foundation of our company on this shipping lane and this product line that's going to ship this, this vehicle that's going to ship it. We're not going to put $80,000 worth of product in something that's not confirmed. So uh, we wanted to, I wanted to move down. So my brain had been, you know, spinning for about a year and a half on that. And then I created some panel solutions with our starch-based products, but I utilized scoring. Um, scoring and utilizing compostable films, polyfilms and paper films. Also taking a solid pad and creating a compression lock on a, on a, inside of a corrugated box that gives you the same system R value and the R, R value properties of a standard EPS at high densities. Uh, we can, we can match EPS tip for tap. Uh, we're cost effective. I think EPS right now is on the market right now for roughly around 85 cents. Uh, 80 cents raw material per pound, you know, we're at roughly 50 cents per pound. So as oh, long as the manufacturing is efficient, you can also become competitive. And that's where you definitely need to be now because the space has definitely opened up. <clears throat> okay. Well, you touched on a few things there. So you're, you're talking about a, a, a more environmentally sustainable option that is actually more cost effective. Yes. Okay. And if you look at the market right now, the, the market's telling you that is the case. I think for the EPS industry, uh, based upon e-commerce, if there was no environmentally friendly solutions out there in the market, everyone would be in EPS. Uh, Hello Fresh, Blue, Blue Apron, uh, uh, everyone. I think the only ones still in EPS are Omaha Steaks, uh, I think Nutrisystems, and a couple others. Um, but EPS in the food sector, based upon being cost advantageous, um, everybody went to the environmentally friendly solutions and not everybody wants to receive an EPS cooler in, in, in the world. I think they just came out with some fake EPS too, where they call it biodegradable EPS. Um, and they add a little additive and they say it's uh, biodegradable, but there's only 10 bioreactive places in the United States that you can take it to. And they're selling okay. it at Walmart, you know, life home selling it. And some of these other EPS manufacturers um, are selling it and it's, it's smoke and mirrors. They're confusing the public. And uh, they're harming wildlife and, and others out there. And is your um, the the Veracool then is the material? Um, I mean, have you gone through with the ASTM 
yeah. testing and all that stuff for is it is it uh, backyard we're, we're, compostable and all that jazz? Yeah, so we are we're ASTM. We passed ASTM D sixty four compliant for uh, industrial compostable, which awesome. is a dynamic which is a dynamic setting. Uh, An expensive test. So yeah, good on like, you for, for doing it. I think I spent about 30 or 40 grand just on multiple tests, just looking at different product lines and different types. We've done our material just alone. We've done it with film. Um, we also are home compostable. We're Vincent certified. So you can take our material and break it down in a home compost setting. Um, when, you know, understanding is, you know, compostability, I think that's the best thing. If you could take something from nature and put it right back into Mother Earth, oh, that's awesome, you know? That's great. Um, so currently you're on the market, uh, products that you can talk about. Yeah. So there, there is products that we still have that we're about to launch. We own pretty much, you know, I don't want to say it like that, but I spent the majority of our time just on IP. I have close to a million dollars spent just on IP. We utilize the Fish and Richardson as our, uh, our firm. And we have patents that date back to 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. I think we've been issued 12 patents to date. We have another, I don't even know, 18 uh, applications. Um, we were, several companies are going to be infringing on us pretty soon. So we're going to have to have talks about that. Um, you know, we created this. We were, we were the first company to come out with a compressed starch peanut as insulation inside of a double walled box. And, um, we utilize that stratification compression to do so. And then we also have patents on starch um, in panels, uh, in any type of panel form, in paper, poly. So there's other stuff that's out on the market that's going to be. But I'm more focused on now just really trying to target EPS because EPS is what's detrimental. You know, I want to see the other green companies thrive and do well because the more that they're doing well, the better it is for our environment. And just really showing the world that you can create some really cool stuff. We also have our molded coolers. Uh, our, our retail coolers just hit the stores this year. And uh, I designed them back in 2017. Um, de developed it in Hawaii. And uh, we're in Safeway. Uh, excuse me. We're, we're heading into, to Albertsons. But we're in Save Mart, Lucky's, 7-Eleven, BevMo, um, and Whole Foods on the East Coast. Looks like we might be going into Circle K and so on. And then we have a whole array of uh, other customers for 2021 that we're about to really explode and hit the market. Oh, that's great. And the giving back portion of your company, um, you employ people giving them a second chance as well. Yes. So giving back, that's just, I don't even call it giving back. We're just doing what every human should be doing. You know, right. you know, just sit there and look at someone that has a blemish on their on their record or might have done drugs in their past or might have spent some time in jail. You know, how many people have been incarcerated in this world. It's like to, to, to shun them because they made a mistake. No one's perfect. You know, cast the first stone, you know, who's, who's, who's blameless. And I don't think that's any 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 one of us can do so. I, I you know, I spent time incarcerated, you know, early on in my life and to sit there and think I would be judged and my children would be. Uh, penalized for that their future you know it's a residual you know circle that's just going to be continuous if we don't give people the opportunity they're, you're, you're affecting families you're, you're, you're stunting children's growth uh, to go out there and be able to become whatever they, they want to become uh, in opportunities 
So, you know, I'm about inspiring. I want to lift up that person that doesn't have a voice, that doesn't know how to do so and say, no, watch this. Follow me. I'll show you, show you how we're going to get this done. We're going to get this thing done together um, because they might not have the tools. I feel like I have lived the life. I've seen it. I've been through it. So now I got to be like, hey, this is, this is, I found the secret hole. I know how to get there. <laughs> like, let's do it. And um, I also believe that you got to be strong too and be defiant. You know, when I was doing, you know, second chance, it's not something that I ever talked about. Um, we were raising money at the time and we had a PR firm and I never talked about my past, never talked about what we were doing. And one day they just started asking my history and I explained to them who I was, you know, what I went through. And they're just like floored. They were shocked. You know, they weren't expecting that type of story. They're thinking I'm just a packaging guy that came out, came, probably came Duke or whatever the heck it was. And, uh, you know, I'm here to, you know, design packaging. And when they heard it, they said, you need to tell it. I said, absolutely not. I would never, the people are not going to buy boxes from me. I need to sell packaging. And um, luckily the dynamics of the industry and the dynamics of the market and people uh, willingness to care, it, it superseded anything that was negative. I think I've only heard one negative uh, comment doing what we do. And that, that means a lot. And I, you know, there's so many others out there like cornbread hustle is, is doing some amazing things and some other companies really focusing on those that, uh, homeboy industries really focusing on giving giving back to those that support and those that need a second chance. Yeah, that's awesome. So did you start by just removing that question from the application? I just never asked it. I right. Never asked it. You know, I got I got I got I got a brother that just got home. He's forty years old. He's my age. He just, he got locked up at the age of seventeen on a murder case in um, Oakland and we're his first job man it makes me cry even when I think about him at 40 yeah and he's uh he's uh spent 23 years of his life you got to remember I come from that environment you know Richmond and Oakland are about 10 miles difference 10 to 15 mile difference and I you know we were out there banging and living our lives at the same time just you know lost you know you're you're the the streets take you and they they tell you that they tell you right is wrong and wrong is right. And you run down this path and you have no one guiding you at all. Um, when I, when I spoke to the gentleman, I asked him, you know, what level were you at? What state, what state pen? I know a ton of people all through the prison system, family members, cousin, my brother has been locked. My brother-in-law has been locked up since 1996. He's still locked up. Wow. Um, so, <clears throat> You know, I asked him where was he at, what level was he at? He says, I was level one. And I was like, wow, level one? Murder? Wow, you you were you were acing the hole in there. You were you were a standout prisoner. He's like, Yeah, man, I wanted to get out. You know, I was doing good. And to understand the dynamics of our prison system in California, California is it's a brutal world in the penitentiary system. So to see that he excelled, I'm like, man, I want you. You're coming, no questions. You're hired. Start on Monday. And uh he came on and He's been with us for about a year and now he's already a thermal technician. So he came on just as someone on the floor. And that's how we start someone off to see someone's work ethic. See, see how you're bagging. See if you, you care, if you're assertive, um, if you have pride in what you're doing, if you're always trying to work and those guys you take, you pick, no, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to be a thermal engineer. I'm going to, we're just, we just, what I don't want to do is take someone and just leave someone. And now you just want a job. No, no. My job is to get 30 bucks an hour. My job is to get 40 bucks an hour. You start off at 15, 50 here. And now 20, 
You know, I got people that's there at 1550. Now they're making 26. You know, that's my job. I think about their kids. I think about their, their, their families and their wives when they come home. And yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's something special. I mean, that's, that's a beyond packaging discussion, but, uh, I think, like I said, that that part of it is is as awesome as your backstory, right? Um, now, I'm trying to think of how to phrase the question. Now, <clears throat> very cool makes coolers, uh, insulation for the medical industry. You're getting into the food industry. Um, where do you see the future of? Uh, environmentally friendly uh, EPS replacement. It's, a, it's done. It's a wrap. We already made it over the hill. It's happening. You know, mm-hmm. even with my competitors, you know, I hate competing with them because, you know, this competition, but at the same time, as long as we're tearing apart EPS, getting that out of here, I've been to Dominican Republic. I've been to, I've been to Cartagena. I've been to beaches across this world to sit there and walk on the beach and see plastic and to see polystyrene and plastic and EPS everywhere, styrofoam just everywhere. You're like, animals are eating this stuff. Birds are eating this stuff. I've seen a bird just sitting there chirping. Me and my son, my son and I were in Dominican Republic and I was showing him all the styrofoam. He's like, daddy, that's why you do what you do. Mm. People don't understand the devastation impact that that stuff is having. You know, um, when you look at turtles ingesting this stuff, wells, you know, it's, it's, we're working on a new website. You're going to see a lot of powerful new stuff coming that should be really exposed, but it's happened. You know, three years ago, three years ago, I went to the EPS world, said, Hey guys, want to talk to you. Got a great solution here. Maybe we want to sit down and talk. Maybe we can work on some collect collective partnerships, start swapping out some of your materials for what we're doing keep the same you know um, personnel and so on they shunned me said it's not true they sent me a a letter from the eps alliance uh (laughs) corporate (laughs) and said you need to cease and assist copy the federal trade commission and said you're lying eps is good and i'm like oh you guys think i'm gonna get scared i'm from Richmond, California. What is this piece of paper going to do to me? Threw it out the window, hit him with our attorney. He said, you send another letter, we're going to publicize it, and we're going to put it out there for everybody to read, and we're going to send them the letter, we're going to showcase the letters that you sent us, and we're going to show them what you're really doing, and we're going to put it all through the media. So don't threaten us. We're doing something for the environment, and that's what we're going to do. Um, and then just to know that this year, I had five of the largest EPS manufacturers at Veracool, you know, it's telling you that there's there's something that's going on. Everybody understands it. The market's turned. The EPS world's turned. We got some great competitors that's pushing on their head, too. That's really pushing the food industry. They're not in the food industry anymore. You know, and if you are using EPS in the food industry, it's over. I say 90% of all, you know, 80, 80% of our customers are food, you know, food, food customers. And now the EPS industry in the medical, I mean, the EPS industry in the medical healthcare industry is getting pushed out. We've been through more RFQs and we've been awarded more business in this year alone. Uh, the EPS custom, the EPS manufacturers know that it's over, but they're holding on because now you have this epidemic that just happened. Uh, you have more packaging that's being sought out. And now you have fake EPS that they're saying is biodegradable, which is not. Uh, we have a whole study going on right now that's about to expose the truth of fake EPS. It's EPS. 
We have a material analysis. We're going through biodegradation testing. That's all going to be exposed to the media and uh, show the truth. We have attorneys looking at it. We need to really fight this fight. Um, but corporate America, you know, and not only corporate America, but corporations are holding on to that dollar. And uh, what we want to do is switch out those those corporate those those corporate uh, manufacturing plants with Veracools and other competitors, and also with the workforce. Keep the workforce there. You're just making environmentally friendly solutions. That's not causing havoc in our environment. Yeah, I think. Oh, I was gonna. Sorry, I was gonna say it's it's so cool because you're maybe you're going here, Ted, as well. But like. It's so cool because you're when you talk about environment, obviously you're talking about the you know the air and the, the environment that we breathe, but you're also disrupting the environment. Like the packaging environment is being disrupted with, you know, telling your story about your guy who just got his first job at 40. That's you know, that's it's it's disruptive in our industry. Um, but what's happening from that is that you're you're changing the game, you know. I mean. Uh, if I if I can be permitted uh, to quote one of the greatest MCs of all time, Buster Rhymes, uh, you went flip mode squat on him, and you just <laughs> you just turned it all over, uh, and it's it's so cool um, just to hear, you know, as, as you're kind of dipping. As I've just been listening to you and TED talk, it's like you you just seamlessly dip in and out of the technical and the inspirational and how they are. It's just interwoven. It's not even like, hey, I've got, oh, I should probably tell this. It's just like, well, yeah, it's it, it's all blended together. Let me tell you the story about this guy who just got his first job. He was locked up for 24 years. Now he's a technician. He's learning the technical side of of manufacturing. Man, it's just, it, you know, you're and creating. growing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. You guys have, what, two facilities in the U.S.? Is that right? Yeah, we have two facilities and we're definitely growing out. And, you know, there's. There's opportunity for international. So we're looking at some possible licensing and some partners, partnerships and stuff. We've been really, we have a very large IP um, uh, stable. You know, we have an arsenal of IP that I just really have focused on that. Even in China, we're about to receive our first patent in China. I never thought I would get a patent in China. You know, who would have thought? So, but yeah, we got to grow it. But if you're going to work with Veracle, you got to share our same beliefs. You're not if you're looking at Veracool on a license, and this is just no. If you're not sharing the the social impact, um, you're not for us. You know we're gonna we're gonna and we're gonna come after your business too. And I'm gonna make a point of that. One of the things too is that you can't be fearful. You know, one of the things that I really love about knowing God and having a relationship with Christ is there's no reason to be scared. You know, He's fought the fight. He's fought the fight. You know, my job is just to live it. And it just as long as I'm not living it for myself, you got to be selfless. You got to live for others. And once you make it about me, then you miss the fight. You miss the battle. You miss the purpose. You know, you got to you got to make it about others. I know this. I'll fight for others more than I'll ever fight for myself. And you got a whole world. I'm an environmentalist. I love the world. It's a beautiful place. I want to be here. That's great. Uh, You got any other questions? Ted? Um, Not right now. Do you have anything? Man, well, what I was going to tell you, Daryl, as we're getting to the end is, you know, it's been, it's been incredible just, you know, spending some time. I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, like I'm hopeful with everyone who's been a guest on our podcast and it's been, that's been my favorite part about the whole thing is not, you know, putting out a podcast is cool, but just the network of people, the, 
the quality of people uh, has been incredible. Um, and, you know, I'm certainly stoked to add you to that. Um, you know, I was so uh, you you've really unearthed the uh, the the minister side of me. And I just want to let you know, like there's a in, in Acts chapter five, like when you're talking about freedom or, uh, you know, not being fearful, uh, you know, the the early apostles are just getting beat down and beat down. And it says that they stand in the temple and they preach about this life and you are about this life. Uh, you know, you you proudly just proclaim, you know, who you are and what you're doing. And, you know, you're not it, it's really it's it's inspirational for me, for sure. I hope, uh, you know, it's inspirational for, you know, for, for Ted and for everyone else who's who's listening. Um, and man, I'm, I'm stoked to watch you change the world and to help you in any way I can, if, even more so than you have right now, you know, to just say like, my past is my past, whatever that is, but it doesn't define my future. You know, right. that's, it's been, it's been cool. You know, normally, normally we ask a question, like if you could change something in the packaging industry, what would it be? But you have definitively answered that with your actions, not just with your words. So we, <laughs> I'm, humble. I'm, I'm humble. I'm humble. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's cool. And you know, at a time, uh, where, you know, I've been bound, I've been banging this drum about, like you are, you are such a cool example of, I use that on purpose with the very cool thing. Uh, but you're a cool example of, you know, when we talk about putting people in positions who come from different backgrounds and come from different places and different upbringings and put them into high level leadership positions, I've always said, and this is backed up by data. This isn't just my opinion. This is the Harvard business school. This is Wharton's, uh, you know, from the university of Pennsylvania, is you get more innovation, you drive better profitability, you create better jobs for people, um, you know. And so, your who you are is is important because it's fueling that, and that you're not afraid to say, I don't, I don't even ask the question about about you know prison time. Like I don't even ask it because you already know. You know that those are those are the people who can be leading your company, and that you're not afraid to go out and and do that is is awesome and the fact that it's tied to this this product that's just revolutionizing an entire industry is is, is exciting to see so thank you yeah awesome. thank you. i'm pretty pleased. well um if anybody wanted to uh get in touch with you what would be the best uh best way to do so through linkedin yeah hit me up on linkedin uh daryl joe you know hit me up through linkedin or um you know, send a, send an email to the info line on Veracool. I still monitor it. I haven't given it up. They're like, Daryl, why do you still, you get 20 emails a day. Why are you still looking through? I'm like, I don't know. I might know some. <laughs> but uh, reach, reach out. Um, and I definitely want to always give that customer service to, 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 to potential. What's that info? What's that info email? Info at veracoolpackaging.com. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you so much to the viewers. All I can do is tell you, Think about your fellow fellow brother and sister and what are you doing, you know, to make this world a better place. We're all going to go sometime soon and uh, it is what it is. And, you know, what are we doing for that person that's looking up or wondering where they're going to get an opportunity and a chance? You're impacting families. So don't judge. Let God judge. Let's just give the opportunity. And with that, we're out. <laughs>